Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a What Are We Do Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a What Are We Do Show patron today at patreon.com slash W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. Welcome to this Watery Desho patron run run experience and the second stream dun, dun, dun. I am the subtle doctor the usual subtle doctor conductor of bad impressions and meandering theories that have no center and all sorts of bullshit but with me is the heavy lifter of Watery Desho. The roadie, you might say. The man who holds all the, the power and the secrets of the state. <laughs> and also my dating life, Shadan. <laughs> that I definitely do not hold. Um, but yeah, hello everyone. I'm very excited to finally cover This Is Spinal Tap, the anime. So let's give this a go. Awesome. <laughs> very good. So uh, one of the things we're going to do with given by the way is a show that we're covering um because you guys uh voted on it to such a, a high degree and we felt really uh shadan i think said uh i don't remember if this was on one of the streams or you just said this to me off mic but uh definitely true either way that we are very uh humbled and uh just really glad that you guys would trust us to handle uh, this sort of content because, you know, two white cis dudes could kind of step all over this. You could, you could imagine um, not make a, not make a good go of it. So we're here to to talk about it and it's going to be, it's going to be a little different uh, Shadon from our regular stream of thought besides the whole lack of video. Um, Can you, can you tell the folks at home how we're going to approach it? Okay, so if you're familiar with how we handle Stream of Thought, normally we do a fairly detailed recap of the events of a given episode. So we'll go through it. We'll point out some smaller things that we found interesting um, or noteworthy that aren't necessarily worth going into as a fully fleshed out talking point. We'll crack wise about some jokes here and there about certain scenes, that kind of thing. Uh, We're not going to do that. Um, not for this particular format. We're instead going to assume that you have seen the episode in its entirety and we're going to cut straight to the discussion at the end. Uh, That's how it's going to be handled mainly. You'll still get the fully featured, you know, talking points and all the crazy conspiracy theories we are very fond of coming up with. But uh, we're going to cut the fat out. It's going to be a very lean kind of uh, content this will be. Absolutely. And uh, with that explanation out of the way uh let's get into it the discussion of episode one of given Mm. uh 
Shadon, what did you what did you think of the episode? What are your overall takeaways and impressions here? I'm pretty positive on it. I think that this show starts off really well as a light-hearted um slice of life kind of, you know, band drama, you know, two guys maybe, you know, realizing that they might want to pull on each other's strings a little bit, that kind of thing. Ha ha, yes, there's, your, there's the jokes. Getting those no. out of the way. That's already hap- that happens in the show, by the way. This, the explicit mention yes. of pulling on one's heartstrings is made. But, like, I think there's something I should mention up front here, is that, of course, we are only one episode in, so what I'm trying to do more and more these days is try and talk prospectively about issues shows might face, depending on how they're constructed. So if you're Mm. familiar with our Vinland Saga discussion, one of the things that I mentioned there was about the idea of historic authenticity and how you can't simply put in reprehensible shit just because it might potentially have happened in the past at some point. You've got to have a reason for it. That's not relevant here, by the way. I'm not going to say, you know, that, you, you know... You can't put in Gibson guitars for no reason or anything like that. I'm not that pedantic. But what I'm instead going to talk about here very briefly is shows like this, like Given, and indeed other shows about, say, sports and such, they have to ride a fine line uh, between how much detail they want to go in about the sports or the activity that is the, you know, glue that holds the whole narrative together. So in this case, of course, is being in a rock band, you know, guitars, drums, bass, etc., so I really appreciate thus far how given it didn't go too heavily into the technicalities of how those work. Uh, just for full disclosure, by the way, the only time I've ever tried to play any sort of instrument was the triangle in a Christmas play once when I was seven. <laughs> and trying to how did, how did that go? <laughs> well, uh, I was at least in school the following, you know, the following year. So I suppose I at least survived that debacle. But anyway, uh, the other being of when I tried to learn bass for a brief time when I was 17, doing the age old, you know, I'm doing it because it's going to be cool and it'll be effortless. I'm going to be rocking out easily. No trouble whatsoever. I gave up after two weeks. To the surprise of no one. So yeah, what I appreciate about I, I also had this phase, by the way. Don't don't feel bad. This is <laughs> u- pretty universal, I feel like. Yeah. So what I appreciate thus far about Given, uh, and funnily enough, that whole learning bass thing will actually probably be relevant as the show progresses, given what we learned in the first episode, is that, yes, certainly, like, you know, there is a, a discussion about, like, what it means to, like, learn a guitar, but there's no massively detailed reams and reams of technical information on how that works, like notes and such, you know. It, it works at a basic level, but it is still relevant to the actual, you know, uh, engagement of the characters. Uh, Sato, for example, you know, he doesn't have the first clue about how to look after his guitar, uh, but by the end of this very episode, he at least has shown some competence in getting it tuned. Now, do you need to know how tuning exactly works, how you go about it? Do you need massive detail on how you test how to tune? You don't. You just simply need to know that tuning is a thing, which is, I'd argue, common knowledge, or at least reasonably common knowledge. It's not, um, you know, it's not too hard to expect that from an audience when dealing with the subject matter. Uh, so I'm really appreciative so the, so far, but I'm just going to be interested to see how it pans out going forward, how much technical detail they want to go into, because when it comes to shows like this, really the context, like be it a band or let's say in the case of Megalobox, uh, shout out to Megalobox, by the way, still awesome, always will yep. be awesome, um, like with the boxing, they're just the flavor or the context on which all the character stuff hangs. So... I'll be curious to see how it progresses and how much depth they want to go into on it. I mean, they've certainly gone very well in on authenticity as far as how 
like they actually name drop rather than using you know like say pizza shack or mcdenny's or whatever you know they actually do have the names of actual instrument brands like matchell for example and uh, gibson yeah they're not you know trying to make up fake ones although they do have some hilarious fake bands that we'll come to in a minute or at least one specifically that i don't think they could get the license for um <laughs> but yeah i a very very solid and promising start to this show i appreciate its mood it was nice and light hard it was very refreshing i do have one mild complaint quote unquote although when i say that this is more of a thing that I think might solve itself in an episode or two and is going to be something that's explained later. This is, again, one of the issues you have when you're doing a episodic, you know, week-on-week look at a show in that sometimes what you think is a problem will indeed be turned into a strength later on. But I'll cover that in a bit. Uh, what about you, Doc? What were your initial impressions of the show? Uh, fairly similar to yours. I definitely came away feeling positive. Um, this is... Different to a lot of the anime that I have been watching lately in that it is um, very kind of, it's quieter, uh, the mood, especially in the beginning uh, before uh, uh, Uenoyama kind of strums the guitar for the first time. It's it's pretty languid, um, but then it kind of picks up from there. Um, I, I wonder if each episode... The, the mood and tenor of the episode like if they're approaching it like we need to structure this like a song hmm. um, you know I, that's a kind of hmm. an interesting meta thing I was thinking about I, I, I wonder if you t- looked at a completed show and then you kind of structured uh, depending on the show of course some shows uh, kind of put the pedal to the metal and don't let up and that might not make the best album I don't know but it was just a thought I had um, well but, I uh, I'm just going to throw this out there to, uh, I know that the odds of this are astronomically low, but to the people who are making Given, uh, to the people who are producing and who will eventually, this is relevant now, uh, will be working on the Blu-rays, pro tip, don't call it, you know, an episode list, call it a set list when this thing is finished. Just just throwing throwing that one out there, you know, you can tip me for that later by becoming a patron (laughs) as it turns out, actually. Or if these shows to be, or if the shows to be believed, you can pay me in yakisoba bread, which is apparently more valuable <laughs> than cigarettes. That's right. Um, but uh, I, I guess, like, I thought that the episode was uh, was kind of formulaic in some ways, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Hmm. Um, you know, this is a piece of uh, genre fiction, after all. I think. Um, sort of bl in that kind of bl slash slice of life genre um and again again that's not to say i didn't enjoy it you know like you pointed out there are differences um in the way that it is approaching uh the incorporation of the music in the show um to a lot of other things like megalobox or what i was thinking of is like hajime no ipo more straight up shonen stuff that will use a sport or learning an instrument or learning a game as like ways for character to gain confidence in themselves and be able to overcome various obstacles. And this is more about, it seems to me the first episode anyway, is more about how uh, like using it 
music as kind of a metaphor for like rediscovering joy in your life mm-hmm. or like you know falling in love is is like hearing the notes to your favorite song for the first time like Expression your heart just leaps as well like you just connect to it like yes mm. like whatever this is like you feel that instant connection to it indeed and um but but like I said, um, you know, so the relationship, some of the notes felt like, okay, I've, I've seen this movie before, but that doesn't mean I didn't find it cute and endearing and, and fun. Um, mm. I definitely picture myself getting invested in these boys, especially the bass player who made me laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I know his name at this point, but, um, but yeah, no, good we'll, stuff we'll for get, sure. We'll get there. I mean, at the risk of setting off, like, you know, the Wari Desho uh, in apps comparison air horn that we've got installed here. Uh, this is obviously uh, you know it's gonna happen i'm gonna get this out of the way now this is sound euphonium but boys hmm do you think that would you disagree if, if uh, let me let me let, let me uh pat, bat that back across the field here doc um i guess my only hesitation in making that comparison um besides like you know people are gonna go crazy and say there's there's no way to compare the shows like visually and that's not what i'm talking about and that's not what you're talking about um i guess i would say that i i feel like this show is gonna be more explicit and sort of textual about yeah the relationships mm-hmm. than euphonium um that that stuff felt pretty you know class s to me not that i think that people aren't valid for saying like oh this couple or thing or shipping that couple like that is that's what that show was designed to like that that's the emotional response you're supposed to give yeah whereas i feel like um the the character relationships will be primary and the music secondary whereas i felt like in euphonium almost like it just felt like it was just way more about the music. Yeah, more technical. Um, but that's not yeah. to that show's detriment, because if you want my... No, uh, I love that show. If you want my brief elevator review of Euphonium, I thought it was great, although I think I need to give it a rewatch and a reevaluation because there were certain bits I was quite harsh on that with the benefit of the, you know, 2020 hindsight, uh, I don't think maybe I was right to call it out on, but that's a different discussion for a different time. So, um, let's comment briefly, I suppose, or not even brief necessarily, on Sato, uh, you know, our little carrot top kid here. Um, <laughs> I think what this show is going to try and go for, um, music is a way of expression. That's obvious and easy enough. You know, that's, no one's going to doubt that, I would hope. But it's not just simply a question of, you know, expressing something like, you know, in the, say someone writes um, fiction. Because... As, a, as an aside, like, you know, when you read a book, it can be one of two things. It can either be um, straight up, you know, a fictional work, which is just telling a story. Or it could be some kind of, you know, insight into the author, like where they're trying to get something out on the page to help them get through a tough time. Uh, while not a book, you and I have covered a, a work that I would argue fits that bill perfectly, which is Angel's Egg. Mm. Uh, that was entirely about, uh, oh God, why have I forgotten his name? Why is my Oshi? Thank you. Um, why is my brain so useless? I mean, I'll, we'll put that up as a poll at some point and have a couple of different options. Join the club. My, my, my brain I... is just a sack of liquid at this point. <laughs> Probably all the booze I drink. <clears throat> but anyway, so 
when it comes to the characters here, why was that relevant, you might wonder? Why am I rambling on about that? Well, I think that from what I understand Asato's character from the, from the beginning here, like, the way he clutches the guitar, like, as he's, you know, sat down, or how he holds it close to himself and he says he's not lonely. Mm. I think that for him, he's been looking for a way to use that to express himself, because otherwise he's very quiet, very ditzy, and we don't have a good handle on him. Now, you might think to yourself, well, if you don't have a good handle on a character early on, that's bad writing. But that's, again, in a lot of fiction, sometimes making a mistake deliberately from a writing perspective can be a good thing. You know, it can be good to help establish a starting point for a character. And I think that explains also why he's so obsessive over getting you Oyama. I'm sure I pronounced that name wrong very times over the coming weeks. Uh, I think that might be why he is so insistent on getting Uyama to, you know, teach him. Because it's not necessarily about, you know, simply the skill involved in it and just mastering a craft. But rather as a way for him to, you know, connect with people. Yeah. Um, Sato is, you know... Gosh. I hate... I hate... Uh feeling i i think in some ways how i feel um coming away from the episode <clears throat> and looking at sato and uh ritsuka who you know what let's just call uenoyama ritsuka because boy that's just so much easier to say uenoyama is a mouthful and... i'm gonna continue to challenge myself because i'm you know I'm too thick-headed. I like running into walls <laughs> continuously. Where like, um, so yeah, I'll continue to call him Uyama, and I'm probably going to completely botch it up. Um, I'll make it into a swear jar, by the way. So if we ever start live streaming this particular discussion, <laughs> every time I cock up his name, if people play Iron Child, I'll put like ten p in. So, uh, like I will see Sato, you know, and think, oh boy, like. This is uh, kind of an archetype in a lot of this kind of fiction. But I, I want to, I'm going to hear it now, pledge to stop doing that. Because, like, I, I, it, it dredges up dislike in me whenever critics will kind of use that uh, sweeping generalization about stuff that I like. And this is always going to be, you know, there's always, um, going to be someone who this is their first time uh, encountering this kind of character or this kind of fiction. So uh, I, I really, uh, I do like Sato. I'm interested in him. I think that there could definitely be more to him as we uh, peel the layers back. I, I feel like the scene in the beginning r paints him as some, like he's not this totally empty ditzy character um he does definitely it seems need a big strong boy to take care of him but who wouldn't like that um <laughs> so, but like the the thing where he has you know he has this dream and as you say he's hugging his guitar to him he says i want to pick your brain about this phrase where he says uh as he's getting on the train holding the guitar uh he's talking about having this recurring dream he says, I'm not lonely. Um, oh, the dream. The, uh, you know, the Guns N' Roses Chinese democracy dream. Yeah, that, that one. Is, is that what that is? <laughs> I, it's basically, you know, every band in their, a certain point in their lives just gets to it where they, you know, they're spending more time drinking alcohol than actually writing music. <laughs> I mean, if you replace music um, with uh, fiction, that's me, basically. So I've been there. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, 
I can understand that. But yeah, I think for him, he maybe has that fear, you know, that if he ever got that far, he would, you know, eventually burn out. And that's not a reasonable mm. fear to have, to be honest. Well, he's got to learn to play the damn thing first. I know, I know. What do you think he means by, like, you know, he's saying he's not lonely. Does this mean, like, I don't know, that he uh, he has this dream and his this dream is taking up all the space in his heart that people would? Or he's got this guitar? Um, or maybe it's like he's not lonely because he hasn't failed yet? Like he hasn't put himself out there as a musician and failed and been abandoned? And he hasn't experienced any kind of connections? So he's not lonely because he hasn't loved and lost i guess i don't know these are I, things i'm speculating I, I about don't, with i don't i don't think it might be i think maybe he's denying it like i'm not no i'm not lonely I okay just in denial just in plain denial i think that might be it mm. i mean you yeah. see how he clutches that guitar that closely like that's why i think that there's an emphasis to be made on him possibly wanting to learn it not as again say just for the craft of it but as a way of expressing himself Mm-hmm. Maybe because, you know, again, rampant wild speculation time, <laughs> making mm. bullshit up as we go along. But that's, well, that's, thing. Well, that's our meta at this point, isn't it? But anyway, <clears throat> like, maybe, you know, he doesn't feel he has enough self-worth as a person to be able to be noted as anything other than someone who tries to play the guitar. Like, you know, he can't simply be, he needs something to stand out, essentially. And that is certainly one way of doing it by being a guitar player. I, I won't deny that. Um, but, you know, the lesson should be, and maybe this is something the show will explore again, rampant speculation time, making bullshit problems as we go along, <laughs> that the lesson here is not, you know, the quality of his instrument. <coughs> or, oh, no. Um, it's not how big your guitar is. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, you know, the quality of your instrument or the quality of your playing, like how skillful you are, but the quality of your character that's important, which is true. Mm. I mean, like I say, to go back to good old Axel Rose again. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't a guitar player, so he doesn't even get that concession. What a prick. <laughs> what a prick. Fuck that guy. Anyway, never mind. <clears throat> he caused a riot at a festival I was at once because he and his uh, reformed Guns N' Roses band, minus all the actual cool members, decided to get pissy about a bottle flying on stage. Like, you, you're, you're at a heavy metal festival, Axel. Like, you know, Come on. This, this is this is not new to you. Like, is that is that one guy punching someone? Whoa, what the hell, man? I mean, you said it best yourself, Axel. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun in games. Ah, that felt good. Anyway, right, mild rant aside against Axel Rose. Uh, but still, if you subscribe to our podcast, by the way, if you go over here, this Axel, you know, you've got the money. You can be a patron while you're at. Um, so yeah, maybe that could be it. Maybe it's a question of quality of carries here. Um, but mm-hmm. we will find out. So let me talk about the complaint, quote-unquote, that I had. Okay. Uh, again, with the caveat that this could entirely disappear. This is just as things stand at the moment. But I do think there's a certain temporal element to this kind of storytelling that is important, where it's better to get this in as early as you can. And here's the thing, right? I get the impression that Uyama obviously is a bit burnt out. So he's... His interest is not maybe as peaked in his guitar playing as it once was, especially given mm-hmm. the flashbacks we have. One of his band members notes that he was playing like he was on fire after he brought Sasa with, uh, over there. Yeah. The, yeah. And that, I will say, good tune, by the way. I enjoyed it. 
that ruled. But <laughs> best, I, best part of the episode. But I don't think enough time or emphasis or really any is given to at least getting us started understanding why he feels that way. I think this is mm-hmm. something that should have been seeded in this episode. I'm not saying that we get the whole thing spilled out right here, right now. But I think we should have been a little bit more than what we got, which was very little. Like We got the, how he came to learn how to play, as well as he does. But we don't then have the connective tissue that leads to him, like, you know, not being interested anymore, or as interested as he was. Maybe this is something, though, as I say, that the show will address as it goes along, possibly through flashbacks. It is only the first episode, after all. But You that's... don't understand, because you're not an artist, man. No. Like, it was totally right there. Dude, you know? bro! Bro! Like, you know how, like, you get into something, and then, like, as you focus on, like, the minutiae, like, and the deals of the band and, like, other bullshit... Like, the passion goes out, brah. Everybody knows, man. Like, painters have... You're just not an artist, Doug. I just said Doug because I got caught between dude and <laughs> <Is> dog. <laughs> so so that's my name now for all time. I'm just going to be called Doug for Doug. now on. Oh, great. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Okay, so... That's my minor complaint, quote-unquote, which, again, may have no shelf life to it whatsoever. Um, but I do, when I think of that thing, for example, of um, MMO Junkie, which we covered previously, which decided that, you know, for all of Morioka's problems, it would never want Stain to actually show how she came to the place she was at, which I found very disappointing in an otherwise very good show. Hmm. Like, that's the thing about fiction, you know. We, as an audience, as the audience, have a privileged access to a character's, you know, thoughts and ideas and feelings in a way that we don't in real life. And it's your job as a writer and a creator to cultivate that in a way that allows us to understand their motivations and their ways of thinking how they are. So, like I say, Uyama, maybe not as fleshed out as it could have been the first episode, not asking for it to be fully fleshed out immediately because that's daft that needs to be a pace into this. But I would prefer something rather than nothing as a starting point here. Like, I can get little, like, on the same level with Sasuke, I've got little hints with him. I can There's things I can pick at. With Uyama, he just seems like he's incredibly tired all the time. A sentiment that right. I could totally get behind. I mean, I'm always, yes. like, I'm always down for a good nap, especially if it's in a, you know, a public place, which is a, you know, the, a passageway that people walk through. You know. Oh, I'll just sleep mm-hmm. on, I'll sleep on the landing on the stairs. What's the possible harm? It's not like anyone could trip up. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> um... He's tired all the time. He he is uh, the true millennial. A little taken with Sato, despite like he doesn't he doesn't have the same reaction Sato does to him. I think it's sort of like he's trying to sort out how he feels. Right? He's like, ah, oh, I'm thinking about this guy all the time. He's under my skin. Well, I mean, you're thinking about him all the time because he interests you. Not then you know. I think he's bothered by that. Maybe he hasn't felt that before. Hmm. You know, we know we know he loves music, or he used, or he he still does, I guess. Do you think he still loves music? I think if he doesn't right now, he certainly had a f- sense of what it felt like to love music in that scene in you know when he was practicing with the band again, where they said he was on fire. So, I think that maybe he still does, but it's just like you know one of those things where it's just the feeling switched off at the moment, and something needs to turn it back on. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that that I think is something we can probably all relate to, we'll be whether especially. we're artists or whatever. Like, just something that we love, you know, waning the the motivation, the drive waning. Um, I'll tell you on an unrelated note a thing that I uh, liked about this episode, and uh, I always like it when anime do this is that this episode presents as valid um several different ki- styles of learning mm. um you know you have uh uenoyama like teaching himself from the ground up like that he was motivated uh to do it he had the drive he was a self-starter that suited him well and he did it and he got good um he made it to where he wanted to be skill wise um and I mean, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there will be some kind of critique of that later. Like that that's not all it takes. It takes relationship and experience and love to feel your art. But like also, you know, they, they talk about uh, the, the, what do you call it? The light music club, right? Like some people they're suited for that kind of communal instruction with a teacher. But I think Sato, it represents this other style, which is not self-taught or communal. It's like sort of, he needs a mentor guided discovery that, that yeah and he he needs someone one-on-one walking him through it for some reason like that is what works for him and motivates him uh and we saw he got those finger bandages after he got you know uenoyama didn't intend it this way but sato took his sort of get out of here criticism as like homework and then he showed back up and he's like well look this is, i've done this so, yeah, this is just a thing I always enjoy in anime when it happens. Hmm. Um, reminds me of and, a, and I have... It reminds me of a currently airing show as well. I also watched, they called Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. Uh, Mario Kart is, you know, magnum opus where sex is funny, except, uh, you know, when it's also about the existential nature of, you know, teenage years when you're still learning about it and how that can be incredibly hard to deal with. But it's also hilarious so yeah that's good Ooh. it's very good by the way that's my uh one second review on that <clears throat> but yeah in that in that show as well like the characters in the literature club um they are going about learning about sex in their own little ways they have their own distinct personalities and how they choose to approach it so yeah in, indeed i wonder if like you know that will then be recursive back to your amazon history like because you know his we get introduced to his sister who is uh <laughs> we haven't talked about her yeah we will we will in a moment. but like when we get the flashback like she says that he sucks when he's trying to learn i'm like <laughs> i'm like well duh <laughs> you know ro- you know oh, the, the sistine chapel wasn't you know something that you know like da vinci didn't literally just walk off the street and said hey i can do this no problem but he like he, he learned you know he honed his craft yeah. uh, i did I mean, god damn, like, not everything is, is, as Bob Ross says, a happy little accident where it just works. So, yeah, she's a bit, she's, well, she's also a kid at that age, so it's not surprising she would say that, because it's, you know, the only, something that you as an adult will understand, like, but not necessarily at that age. But yeah, it seems like he had to be very self-motivated for it, and maybe he'll reflect now that, oh, well, I've got the chance to actually guide and hone someone else's skills in the way that I wasn't, you know, allowed or wasn't capable of having at that age, oh, not that age, sorry, but when I was younger. So, you know, maybe that would be a relevant fact set. So, um, let's talk about some technical stuff here. Let's talk about editing and comedy. Now, as a comparison point, because I'm very fond of these, say, uh, let's talk about Fruits Basket for a minute. 
Uh, I've been watching Fruits Basket 2019. Not the 1990 anime, which makes everyone look like E.T. left out in the sun too long. Not that one. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I have been watching oh, the more recent man. one. And again, one second review. It's pretty good with an asterisk over certain elements. But there's in, it's really pretty. In a lot of anime, I find like a, com- a lot of comedy tends to be very overstated, very hyperactive. Like people flailing their arms around madly and yelling very loudly. Oh my god. Like that. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> one second. Hello. Apologies, someone was just yelling at me, uh, yelling for me rather. All right. So anyway, so in Fruits Basket, like the you know the characters all get very wild and gesticulative, and you know a lot of the, uh, that's where a lot of the humor derives from. Not all of which necessarily lands with me because that's not my sensibility. I'm not really into you know going all in like you know going to, going to eleven on you know both characters' actions and their voices and their volumes. This is a problem that Demon Slayer currently has, by the way, <laughs> where Zenitsu currently you know. His role seems to be to make me want to take the show and shoot it into the sun because he's just constantly at 11 with everything he says and does and it's just infuriating. But the thing is, that kind of comedy can work. Fruits Basket has a lot of moments that rely on that that are very amusing. But Given's going for a different thing here. It does, of course, have a couple of, you know, the very anime-specific facial expressions like, you know, the like eyes and no pupils in it, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what it seems to rely on more and more for its comedy is a sense of quick cutting and, uh, and editing so, when Uyama um, first meets um, Sato as he's sleeping or napping on the stairs with the guitar, um, the strings are broken, you know. But although, ironically, it's Uyama whose str- strings are wound too tight. Hey, good, good catch. Good catch. Um, so, what I like about this is that he looks at, like, we hold the scene for just a little bit of time, there's nothing said, and he's looking at the guitar even though he's just literally said, I can't fix them right now. And then he... So awkward. And and then immediate hard cut, very quickly, <laughs> one after the other, to him gathering the necessary tools for him to make the fix and then doing it. That's good editing. That's good editing to help mm-hmm. sell the comedy of it, where it just helps show or accentuate the mania he's going through in order to get this done because it has driven him that mad that he's going to literally rush... And go get them. We don't have to see him running down the corridors at high speed with a dust cloud going behind him, as it might be in a different show or a different way of presenting it. But the quick editing really helps sell it here. And then we get one later where Uyama, even though he'd never admit to himself, is trying to find uh, Sato again at the um, <clears throat> sorry uh, at the stairs, but he doesn't find him several days in a row. And so what we again have is. Same straight shot looking at him from a distance as he sat on the stairs wearing different outfits because he's doing different things like basketball and whatever. Cut. Camera zooms out a little bit as he gets a little smaller as he realises what a terrible mistake he's making. Cut again. Repeat. Repeat. Very quick. Very disjuicy editing. I really, really appreciate how it did this. It felt refreshing when... Because often comedy and anime tends to be, you know, a lot of, as I say, very hyperactive um, in terms of, like, both its... Dra- like dramatic poses like character behavior and how they talk and how they speak and I, I mean there's a little bit of that here and there you know in given like when he for example sees sasso has made his way to band practice on his own he's just like <gasps> what the fuck that's an actual quote by the way that is literally what he said i don't care what the subtitles say and i don't care what the language i agree is. yes 
We know. We, yeah. So yeah, I we can hear the the editing um, already is really on point for selling the comedy elements of it, and so I really, really do appreciate that. That's a good start. Speaking of editing, there's a really nice shot that I liked when, uh, gosh, I always pause before I say his name. I'll just say Ritska and I get cop out <laughs> when he pulls Sato out of the street. Um, you know, he's avoiding hitting him with the car. And if I recall correctly, the camera, um, we cut from sort of them, uh, a shot dead on of them facing each other to like a shot above them as, um, a shot from above as Ritsuka is pulling Sato in and kind of spinning him around mm-hmm. where it kind of looks like they're, da- they're dancing. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I've read that uh, <laughs> shots from above Shots from above can indicate the character's uh, sort of powerlessness. And while I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use that word about this scene, this might be like an indication of like, well, here is fate, right? Bringing these two people together here. You know, they, here is, they're, they're powerless over like their, Uenoyama is powerless over how he feels about this kid. If if he wants to fight it, like he's still going to, be brought together with him. He still has this connection with him. And it also looks like they're dancing, uh, which mm-hmm. is appropriate in this show. Indeed, indeed. All right, I'm going to. There's one final thing I want to address, and this is something I don't agree with, but one of the things I try and like to do is, you know, mention about um, things that could be seen as problematic from different perspectives. And that thing is. Do you think that Sasso is stalking Yuyama and he really shouldn't be doing that? Do you think that that might be crossing a line? Or is it just that he's literally a lost child? Well, because after a certain I point, am... when, you, when you say someone stop following me, they probably should do that. Yeah, yeah. And good old anime has this, you know, this thing where where they they kind of dance around this line uh, on either side of it with with this kind of comedy. I didn't actually think about it when I was when I was watching it just because I guess the power disparity between them was heavily favored, uh, on the side of, uh, Uenoyama. you know, he didn't look like he'd have any problems dealing with anything. If anything got weird or creepy. So, and I don't know, like you said, Sato just seemed like a little, he seemed like that little puppy dog from the beginning. <laughs> when I loved when he tried to <laughs> tried to hide behind the pole <laughs> and then Uenoyama comes up to him and he's like, Oh, hi. <laughs> Fancy meeting can, you. Can you go back later? I'm trying to be invisible here. Like, <laughs> I didn't notice you. My camo index is at 99%. <laughs> no one can see me. I was just in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So uh, what do you think? Do you think it was uh, too creepy? No. Um, I think, again, it's just a case of naivety. And... I suppose the thing that's most relevant to talk about here is not whether or not I think it's necessarily going to bad, but like, what can you do with this as a writer? Because I think one of the things I'm trying to get on board with more and more these days when I critique shows like this or in general is just that oftentimes when you point to something and say, that bad, that be bad, bad thing be there, you know, that can be twisted more often than not into a strength of a show if it's actually directly, you know, tackled by the material, by the script. So, if... Indeed, Sato, you know, in future episodes, can't seem to, you know, just leave you um, to his own device. Again, probably Mangle is a thing. Take a shot. Um, to his own devices. Cool. 
then use that. Don't leave it on address. Address it in the show. Make it a part of the story. Make it a part of how their relationship changes over time. That there is a setting of boundaries. That is something that he learns. Like, I get that he's clearly very naive and not very willed, you know, wise. But that means he can learn that. So see, maybe use that possibly. I'm... I mean, I understand like people think to themselves, God, that kid's a weirdo and he's just following me around. He should really learn some you know, <laughs> personal spacing. But, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's utilised to the show's you know, benefit rather than it being ignored to its detriment. Totally. Totally. Um, anything else? Uh, any, any final thoughts? Given has here? one of the best scenes of finger-pointing I have ever seen. In an anime, which okay. involves uh, Yuama's sister, when she says, "Go make that oh my pizza," God. the finger point was very <laughs> strong. Oh, I forgot. We have to talk about this. She's a delight. Yeah, an absolute delight. Just, I love these kind of. She almost reminds me, in some ways, of the fruits basket character who she favors, whose name I can't remember. Uh, one of the class friends of the main character oh you're thinking of uh the blonde haired one whose name eludes me right now oh i was thinking of the dark haired one but but you're right probably she the attitude is more like um her other friend but and and certainly she doesn't see ghosts but she is very (laughs) tough love rather than giving you a hug she'll put you in a headlock to show her expression and that's why it's okay that she told her brother he sucks because that's just that's just how their relationship works, man. She's also completely they're useless, both okay in with my it. opinion, as it turns out. <laughs> and I'll explain why. Yes. Because yes. she said to him, I need you to go bake the pizza. <laughs> what kind of hellscape do we live in where characters can't figure out how to, you know, put a pizza in a microwave <laughs> and turn it on? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm bamboozled by this. Unless she literally was just doing it to dick him over. Like, next thing yes, you know, he'll t- I think... <laughs> Next thing, next thing, it'll turn out that like you know he hates pineapple, and she's like, "I got his pizza. And guess what's on it? There isn't even any ham on this. You fiend! <laughs> You've crossed the line, Onesama. Oh my! <laughs> like freaking! Oh my gosh! Yes, I-, I feel like she's like, look, here's our roles in this relationship. I, I am the mom. I am the caretaker, and what I say goes. So." It's your turn to make dinner. You're making this goddamn pizza. I do, I'm I, not I, doing I, it. I do love Oyama's response to her, though, when he walks in. He says, like, you are making me question you both as a lady and as my sister, seeing you like this. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's cold. That's hilarious. Man. I love her. I love her. She's tremendous. I mean... Oh, I had a question. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, like, you know, if his uh, if his band practice stuff doesn't kind of, you know, pan out, he has an excellent career ahead of him throwing shade. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Pro level. Um question uh what so when um when U- ueno yama leaves the classroom i think the first time he leaves because he's tired um like everyone kind of turns to look at him and the shot is centered on this one girl with shortish brown hair mm-hmm. like where it looks like okay you're supposed to pay attention to this person and she's never mentioned again but do you who do you think she will matter at all, or is this just who cares? <laughs> Maybe, uh, but we don't have much to go on at the moment. We don't even know this person's name. Yeah. Uh, we will find out in due course, I suspect. 
She's gonna bully. She's gonna bully Sato. Watch, watch it happen. Oh God! She's, she's, make, she's, stay, she's, stay away from my crush. I will beat you, and we're gonna hate her. She's gonna be like that character from Orange, the girl who. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know exactly who. Exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah. Her episode five gets her comeuppance. Oh bloody hell! Uh, oh dear. But yeah, um, that's really all I have personally to say on on the episode thus far. Like, I, oh, actually, no, I lied. I'm lying. You know, my nose is growing longer as I speak here. Liar. Uh, one final thing I want to note: use of background music. Like we talked mm. about the big sister, like you know, when she comes in, throws boxes at him. Because okay, fair play to her. You probably should be leaving those lying around. Just saying, you know. <clears throat> but like when that when she comes in, like music is all like the guitar is going like da 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 like it, it's got that sense of like you know leading up to a fight that's the mm-hmm. tone it imparts but then contrast that with early in the episode when meets no i'm determined <laughs> i'm in too deep now but uh, mm. anyway um when <laughs> Sa- he meets sato on the stairs like the music's very light and very mellow like it sets the mood of like you know finding something unusual and special at the same time, which I've really, really liked. Mm-hmm. So, again, mm-hmm. things to keep an eye out as the show progresses is how it uses its music to accentuate its moments and its character drama. Even if it's just something as simple as the comedy of, you know, bitch, you left boxes on the floor, the fuck do you think you're doing? I'm honestly surprised she, she didn't, like, you know, set them on fire and throw that in, but anyway. Oh, I'd also be... There would be order in this house. <laughs> yeah. Well, then again, I suppose he could retort, I'll stop doing that when you learn how to operate a microwave. <laughs> when you talk about teaching uh. someone something, like, literally, it's like, hey, you put it in, you push this button, you push this one, and it goes. That's it? Yeah. Maybe next you'll be able to use a box of crayons without eating them. How dare you? You're so mean. <laughs> I can be very mean if need be. Um, one... I hope this doesn't turn into a tragic element. Oh, God. Where she look. really does bully him and not... And she's useless and doesn't go to school or doesn't go to work. And she's, like, relying on the rest of the family for... I would not... No, please don't go in that direction. <laughs> well, that'd be egg on my face, then. But at least I know how to cook an egg on, like, her. Oh! Hey. Oh, I just can't be stopped. Um, oh, I would also be neglectful if I didn't say that I really appreciated the use of the artistic bunkies. <laughs> That's oh, my made... gosh. Yeah. I, had a good, <laughs> I had a good laugh when yeah. that came up. Um, although they could say Tom York and Keith Richards, but they could not do the band. Yeah, the Arctic Monkeys. Fol- following the uh, JoJo's <laughs> example here, where you know they can't do that either in that sh- that one, like spicy mm. lady. Yeah, but, like no, just 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 <laughs> say what you mean here. It's not difficult. Come on, guys. Um, but what I did find funny is when I was actually when he I was taking a screenshot of that scene where he was looking at the album, and there's a track list on the back, and ooh, uh, one of it's partly obscured by Uyama's finger, but one of the tracks ends with the, like half of the track's title on one of them is "Kill Me When You're High." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I was that like, rules. I was like, what? I mean, they obviously couldn't get <laughs> presumably use the actual song titles from Arctic Monkeys uh, albums, but that I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> So I think we can I think we can all clearly conclude that you know the strongest message to take away from given episode 1 is don't do drugs. When is don't do drugs kids? Bingo deaths. Um I I guess the hmm how do I how do I encapsulate my final thoughts? Well, 
uh, so yeah, we talked about how much we love the the music scene uh, where uh, Uenoyama's band jams, and uh, that's really great. Although that scene, like I, the way that they animate playing the musical instruments wasn't like as good as something like Kids on the Slope. Um, have you seen or heard of that show? No. Okay, so so this is another music show about uh, jazz and a jazz band, and it's directed by Mr. Cowboy Bebop himself, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, um, adapted from a manga, and uh, it's it's a fantastic show, uh, leaving some big shoes for other music anime to fill, in my opinion. But um, what the music scene showed me and what I, I feel like could be maybe an overarching theme of the show as we go forward is that uh, up till then, uh, Ueno Yama had honed his craft to uh, a very high degree, but perhaps he had lacked inspiration to make art. You know, mm. uh, perhaps he had not found someone to make art for or respond to. Uh, and now he has someone in his life that, that uh, fits that bill and it, it creates a real sp- creative spark in him and that causes him to play like he's on fire as they said and if that's a theme of the show i'm 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 all on board i think that that is lovely and uh i am looking forward to the next episode indeed indeed right then um well if that's everything covered then i suppose we can wrap up uh thank you firstly to our lovely patrons who uh subscribed as far as the first people to listen to this actually uh thank you all very much for contributing if you are a patron and you do have questions for us on the actual show that we're covering, given in this case, uh, feel free to deposit them in our Discord, uh, which will be you can access through your Patreon account, I believe, uh, and we mm-hmm. will answer them either as the show airs or the next time we get to uh, record. Uh, if you are listening to this, when this becomes available freely to everyone, do feel free to check our Patreon if you're interested in subscribing. It's only $2 for Discord access and $3 for early access to material like this, uh, which will help us in turn finance and produce more content going forward. Uh, but otherwise, if whatever method you may be using to list this, be Patreon or not, thank you very much for taking the time. I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back to cover Given again uh, next week, I believe. Yes, indeed. Look forward to this every week. And, you know, uh, as we say every single episode when we sign off and we really do mean it embrace each other everyone to the ends of the universe good night